1: I'm serious, it's time to put the F word back in parenting, fun parenting, oh my gosh, why can't we do this, why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens,
0: I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein. Hey Parent
1: Nation, welcome to the show. It is a rainy, dreary day here in Pennsylvania, so my computer systems are, of course, giving me a hard time, And uh, but no worries, we're here. So, <laughs> um, it, Kelly, are you there? I'm here. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm great. This has been a crazy week. Yeah. Weather-wise, or so much-
2: just everything?
1: I've I've missed you. You've been on vacation. How was your vacation?
2: It was excellent. We had a great time. Do
1: excellent. you take kiddos with you? Did I take what? Do you take kiddos with you on vacation?
2: Uh, This time I did not. My daughter and husband went one way, and my mother and I went another. They went to South Dakota to visit another one of our daughters, and then my mother and I went to California to visit my cousin.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, a little short little visit. So um, It was a good time.
1: And it's really cool to kind of, like, separate from your kids for a little while, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. We were originally going to let her go by herself, but it didn't work out, so my husband went with her. Um. And so then I was home by myself, so we just said, hey, let's let's take a little jaunt over to California. That's so cool,
1: you know? (sighs) Well, first of all, the, the first thing that I think is awesome about that is that you... Um, you just sent your daughter off with your husband on a little mini vacay. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many yeah. moms like will not do that? Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, really. Wow. Yeah, because we have become like this Uber protective secret society of motherhood. True. And Right So we don't let anyone, even their own fathers, take them for extended periods of time because their fathers won't know how to handle them like if if something majorly traumatic comes out like they don't know if they're allowed to get their ears pierced or if, what color makeup to wear, <laughs> like these are majorly traumatic issues like if there's mm-hmm. if they're playing football and the boy gets hurt, like dad's not gonna know what to do
2: mm-hmm.
1: right. So right. oh my gosh, it's so funny. And the right. other thing is, I can't tell you how many parents contact me that will not vacation without their kids.
2: Oh, well.
1: They feel that it's not their right.
2: Oh, see, see, I don't agree with that. It's Um, kind of
1: like I can't have fun without my kids because my kids will resent that, that I had fun without them.
2: Right, and then they'll have that guilty feeling of being gone, and the kids are with grandma. But in reality, the kids are probably having a blast. Right, grandpa.
1: (laughs) Kids are on their own little vacay away from you.
2: I think a lot of moms want their kids to be miserable in a way. Well, they they have to be miserable, or else they don't love me.
1: Schadenfreude, like your misery makes me happy.
2: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Why do we do that? <laughs> Why do people do that?
1: Because misery makes us happy. Like your your suffering proves that my suffering isn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it makes insane.
2: My it makes my head spin.
1: It's so true. So that kind of brings up two things for me. First of all, um well, the first thing is I, something that I want to talk about at the end of this segment, which is um, Parent Nation Vacation, which is a new thing ah. that we're going to be starting. Um, and it's basically about teaching, teaching parents how to go away and enjoy themselves without their kids and the benefits of doing that. And the other thing is going places and sharing our experiences as parents, because I don't think that we do that enough. I think that we've become a culture of complainers you think? I think. And
2: Are you you sure about that? (laughs) Well,
1: sorta. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Yes, we are. We have become (laughs) bitchers and whiners and complainers and moaners. So what we're going to do with this segment is we're actually going to celebrate the good stuff. And we're going to, we're going to talk about places that are awesome to go with kids with special needs. Cause you know, I have a child on the spectrum and he you know, waiting in line is, it, it's an art form.
0: You, mm. It's something
1: that you have to start teaching them when they're little, 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 which means their first experience at an amusement park where they're going to wait in line should not be Disney. Right. Right. Because you want to It's crazy, Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about those kind of things, and we're going to talk about great places to go, and we're going to talk. We're going to engage Parent Nation because we want to find out where you're going and what you're doing, and um, also talk about some other things, like I said, with you know, getting kids. So that's going to be fun. But the other thing that I love about your vacation story is I recently posted some stuff online on my Facebook page and it, if you're listening if you're new to the show go to my Facebook page Parent Nation or you can go to my personal page Tara Kennedy Klein I don't care you know you you won't be able to friend me but you can follow me and and we'll we'll be buddies and it'll be awesome but i've been i post a lot of videos and i post yeah. some serious stuff And I post some fun stuff and I post memes and quotes and all kinds of stuff on there and stories and questions. And it's just a really fun place to be. But recently what I've been seeing a lot of is dad videos where dads are like um, singing songs for their kids or singing songs about their kids or singing songs with their kids or just like doing fun stuff with their kids. And so I posted it. And um, I posted this one video of this dad and his little girl singing together. Did you see it?
2: I did. I was was so cute. Uh,
1: Benjamin Ayers. if If we can get a hold of Benjamin Ayers, I want him on the show. He only has two videos on YouTube right now. But I have to talk to this guy because the way he reacts with his daughter in this video, first of all, they are so damn cute. I can't even stand it. Like, my teeth hurt watching them. They were so I sweet.
2: Know. <laughs> I know. My, my but, face was, like, stuck. In a smiling, smile. right? It's like a permanent uh-huh. smile. And when she stops him and she shushes him
1: and mm-hmm. they have the exact same expression on their face, that's one <laughs> comment that I didn't get that I noticed immediately is when yes. they're contemplative and they're, they're thinking, they have the exact same expression on their face. It's the cutest mm-hmm. damn thing. It but was. Right. So I posted this and I got some comments. One of them was from m- my Facebook buddy, Nick Harrison, who's always busting my chops. He's trying to make a joke out of everything that I say. But Nick posted, this makes me sad because um, no, more dads need to do this. More dads need to be like this. hmm And I was like, well, I don't know, Nick, we have dad day on the show and we have a lot of dads that, that are really great with their kids. And he goes, it needs to be higher than 5%, (laughs)
2: right?
1: So my first reaction was, well, that's kind of unfair because I don't know that more than 5% of dads can play the ukulele, but (laughs) I don't think that's where you're going with your comment. So it got me thinking that I, we really don't, I mean, even though we here on the show, we do Dad Day once a month, and we try to celebrate dads and parenting, I don't think we realize the good stuff that dads are doing out there enough. Agreed.
2: agree. So I I think
1: we need to take the advice of some of our recent guests from Dad Day and say that we need to get more dads on this show.
2: I think we should, too. Yeah, because dads yeah. are awesome. We're doing that. I mean, that.
1: they're kind of half of the equation, you know, <laughs> if you have kids.
2: Right. And We're doing that.
1: Yeah. So I really want to get more dads on here because I think that a lot more dads are doing. They're doing the good stuff. We just don't see it, or maybe we don't acknowledge it, or maybe it's that Schadenfreude thing, and right. we don't want to. Right. We don't want dads to be better at this dad thing than we are. What do you think?
2: Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a general um, thought of a lot of women and moms especially because they want to be the favorite or the, the, the fun one or the superior one or the one that knows how to do everything.
1: Well yeah, there was there's a commercial on now. It's it's a it's a juice box commercial, Capri Sun commercial and um, the one mom's like, because I can see the juice, <laughs> that makes me the cool mom. Oh, okay.
2: And,
1: right? So, so we want to be the soccer mom, and we want to be the cool mom, and we want to be the work-from-home mom, and uh, I, we want to be the work-out-of-home mom, and we want to be the super mom, and we want to be all those things. I think we need to, I think we need to start celebrating dads more. I, I have a lot of clients who are single moms, and I celebrate you. Because, you know, my my parents were divorced and I spent the majority of my time as a youngster with my mom um, trying to do it by herself. So I get it. I celebrate the single moms. But I think that single moms maybe wouldn't struggle as much if we allowed the good dads to simply be good dads. Just because they're not in your life anymore doesn't mean that they shouldn't be in your kid's life anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. And you- that's another huge problem. Yeah, is that when they have this tough relationship with the fa- the father of the child then they do not let the child see them thinking that's good for the child when in reality it's not
1: it's really not you know i and i have so many i i i love parent nation i love everybody i give everybody the benefit of the doubt i get it you know when my husband does something with my mom- my kids that I don't like, I want to roll my eyes and I want to harumph and I want to, you know, I want to tell him what he did wrong. But the fact is my kids in that moment are just learning a different experience of how different people handle things in their lives. Right. You know, I, we have to learn how to be, and, and now take that equation and put dad in a different house.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: You know, and now the kids are coming back and we're grilling them, we're interrogating them, yeah. you know, and, and finding out what everything that dad did wrong so we can escalate it, so we can make ourselves look like the better parent.
2: Uh-huh. Well what did right? you eat for dinner? What did you eat for dinner? What time did you go to bed?
1: hmm You know,
2: did you go somewhere in the car? Did you put your seatbelt on?
1: <laughs> exactly. Did he make uh-huh. you take a bath? You know, yeah. did he let you go swimming without your swimmies on? All of these things that you know, we're only getting one perspective on and that's from an itty-bitty person who doesn't have a clear idea of reasoning skills Mm -hmm. (laughs) and filter and perspective, you know. So if you're getting all of your information from your kid and you're judging your partner's parenting based on that experience, we really need to stop that. And I'm not talking to Parents who were in abusive situations, because we're going to, you know, one of our guests is going to talk about that later on in the show. That's a totally different story. And I really don't need people commenting and saying, well, you know, if he was beating me and bo- no kidding. Right. Of or- course, duh. Uh, I mean, I love you, yeah. but duh, you know, yeah. I'm talking and- about a situation where the two of you had irreconcilable differences. You couldn't make it work, but you had a person together and now mm-hmm. you're judging their ability to handle that person based on what that person is telling you happened in, you know, odd perspectives. So mm-hmm. that – you know yeah. what? I, that's going to be a totally another show because that's something that we really need to talk more about. And I yeah. would love to get some more um, some more divorced parents and single parents on here to talk about that kind of thing and maybe even do some, some laser coaching with them because I think that would be a really great show.
2: Oh, yeah, right. because I was going. I was going to throw into the mix. Then when Daddy remarries,
1: oh,
2: oh, what did bad. She do? What did? Yeah, what did she do? I'm actually in that position, but I'm in a stepmom position.
1: Right. Well, yeah. see, here's the thing, Kelly. Here's the deal. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was two. They were both remarried around when. Well, with an with their permanent partner for life by the time I was four. And I hated both of my step parents, not for any good reason, just simply because I didn't like them. I didn't want them telling me what to do. I didn't want them trying to be my parent. I didn't want them trying to be my friend. I didn't want to have anything to do with them. So everything they did, I escalated it in my three and four year old brain and then Uh took that false information back to my other parents so I could commiserate with them. And they would make me feel supported and valued and acknowledged. Right. Let's think about that for a second. I am able to admit that as a 43-year-old woman. So the next time your kiddo comes to you and says, you wouldn't believe what my stepmonster did, blah, 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 blah. And she made me clean the living room. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And we're going, oh. She made you, it was like Cinderella. She made you do manual labor. Oh my God, right. that's horrible. The only time you get to spend with your father and they're making you clean. <laughs> right? We're, we're hearing it. We're hearing oh, it yeah. in our heads. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes we need to stop listening to the kids and go back and have a conversation with the person because in the end of the, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to do this parenting thing the best we can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes we right. suck at it and then, yeah. and then we can call each other on it. I'm not saying that we can't do that, but you know, at the end of the day, communication between you and your kid is just as important as communication between you and your ex or you and the step parent or whoever is involved in their life. Cause if you're not talking to each other, you're failing yourself, you're failing your relationship and you're failing your kid. And you're telling your, you're teaching your kid how to have a failed relationship really, uh-huh. really well. <laughs> So, you know, that's that's what I have to say about that. I can't believe that I had so many things I wanted to talk to you about. And, uh, and now we're at the end of the segment. But you know what I want to do, Kelly?
2: What?
1: I want to be on The View. Okay. Let's get you there. I think we should do a pitch. My friend yeah. Donna Butler, who I do some other stuff with, um, she has a show called The Attitude Shift. And uh, Donna and Siobhan, they're – we kind of collaborated and we decided that we wanted to we want to pitch to the view to have open auditions for actual parents and actual actual women to be on the show not superstars and okay. not and not people with no talent either
2: You're
1: i'm not, not throwing that about out there
2: someone but, in particular are you <laughs>
1: But, yeah, I I, want to do a pitch. So, But I would need support. I would need support of the community and the nation to do that. So I want to put a pitch together, and I want to put it out there. And I want your opinion, Parent Nation. Do you think that you would watch the show if there was an everyday everyday Jane on there talking about the stuff that you want to talk about? You know, not Barbara Walters. You know, dishing with Whoopi and – you know, just talking about real stuff in, in real time with real circumstances and not nutritionalists and 5,000 nannies and all the other stuff that goes along with being a rock star parent, you know, celebrity parent. Because I think we're, we could all be rock star parents. But anyway, oh, yeah. anywho, we're going to go to our first break. And when we come yeah. back, we're going to be talking with an awesome lady named Nicole Fanovich. And, she, and uh, we'll talk to her when we come back.
0: Freaking studio. Which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with the work of these sponsors. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success, more stability, more happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, a speaker, and the Woohoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level you've got big dreams you've got big vision now it's time for you to make it happen Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilassi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Vilassi's words, when We do old things in new ways and new things in old ways. We paint with an inspired palette. Weave our own healing traditions and become our own guru. Velasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time only here on the WooHoo Radio Network
1: Hey, Parent Nation! Welcome back to the show. That was a fun first segment. I always love chatting with you, Kelly. It's so oh, me too. <laughs> we have to okay. do that more often. Oh, wait, we do. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, my first guest is. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited about this because I have I have like a, a tech addicted kid, and um. I'm always trying to find ways to keep him keep his tech on the learning side. So, uh, my first guest is a lady named Nicole Fonovich, and she created this ebook app series called Luca Lashes, and it's pretty much based on her son. Her son's name is Luca, and he's the inspiration for her her series. And so, we're gonna have we're gonna talk to Nicole about uh, avoiding summer slide, which is something that it, we all. We all deal with it as parents this time of year. Well, unless your kids are in year round school, which is a dream of mine someday, maybe. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, Nicole, hey, are you there? Hi, Tara. Great to be here today.
2: Thank you. <laughs> sure thing. Sure thing. Hi, Nicole. Hi, <laughs> this is Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Thanks for having me on today. Sure. I hear you're from my hometown, Chicago? No, Chandler. I
3: live in Chandler now, and I'm very okay. happy relocated from chicago to arizona let me tell oh, you how fun
2: how fun yes i'm in chandler also we'll
3: have to take for or something Fabulous. look
2: at this <laughs> parent nation is such a small world how
3: awesome is that it so is you- and it's great with modern technology you could really be you know all over the country our, our entire team actually is all over the country
1: and isn't that the most amazing thing about technology that we forget? Uh. Do, you know, when we, when we talk about parenting and technology in the same conversation, we tend to want to find the negatives in everything. Mm-hmm. We really do. It, for me, it's, it's kind of ridiculous because our generation, we would cut school and spend the whole day at the arcade. So, you know, who are we to say that kids shouldn't play games all day? Because <laughs> we, we tried to do it. If we could have done it, we would have. Right. And you know, as soon as it, Atari and television came out, I'm totally dating myself there. But so what? <laughs> as soon as those things came into existence, kids started focusing on
3: games. So, yeah, and, and even in school, at the very early learning stages, at least when I was in school, I mean, they had computer educational in nature games to kind of you know teach children how to really use computers.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it and they still do, but now it's dumb stuff. You know, now they're not teaching them the valuable stuff about computers, which really irks me. I have to tell you, right. there's now so many Exactly. <laughs> and they're, and they're teaching them how to use um, symbols and, and fonts and stuff. Stop it. Our kids are programming their own computers. They're, they're writing their own games. Like, why are you teaching them symbols and And how to use fonts when they're in eighth grade. But anyway, that's a whole other tangent. So here's the thing. You have found a way to incorporate the technology side with reading and gameplay and education all in this
3: awesome series. Yeah, um, our son was actually um, in Italian classes. It's really important that he he understands his heritage and learns an additional language. And we were searching and searching for children's literature that really supported that endeavor. And my in-laws were sending, you know, children's books from from Italy. And I thought, this is just ludicrous. So that's part of how um, we created the idea. And we turned our stories into really a, a multilingual tool and within each of the apps you could switch it to play in Chinese, English, French, Italian or Spanish. OMG. Nicole <laughs> <laughs> It's been a challenge but an amazing one at that. Uh, I don't speak Chinese. Uh, I've um so it's been, you know, a really interesting learning lesson for me uh and and diving into that culture and understanding how how um, those languages work When, when the apps play they're actually narrated so we were in the sound studios narrating and the words are highlighted as they're spoken in each of the apps so it helps the kids with that word sound recognition that you know as a parent trying to have a child learn an additional language it's always great to have extra tools you
1: know what's really awesome about that we travel. I, it's, I, I'm, we're the kind of family that we like to take our kids to lots of different places. I yeah. also live in Pennsylvania, okay, okay. where America, you don't <laughs> learn another language because that means that you're being suppressed, hmm. But right? So when we go to these other countries, I'm like, this is why I want my kids to know another language. That, that's exactly I, Right, um, because I want them to be culturally aware. That,
3: you know, English is, you know, most people only speak one language. You go somewhere else and they're speaking three, five, you know, it's, exactly. it's, it's unbelievable. They could converse with anybody that they meet because they have that knowledge right at their disposal.
1: It's actually kind of embarrassing, to it be honest with you. It is embarrassing once you step out of the States. Yeah, because we realize how small-minded we are. Mm-hmm. with you know with not being willing to learn another language because then that means that we're succumbing to some kind of minority status in our own country which That's exactly is it. we're trying to think oh.
3: globally and the more languages <laughs> you're able to speak um you know the the greater your voice has to travel
1: it's and the other thing that I love about it too is it's when you go to these other countries with with what the way you're teaching the language from what i assume and what I've seen on your site, the way you teach the language is the way I believe languages should be taught and why American students struggle so much with learning other languages is first of all, we wait too long. And second of all, we try to teach them things that even adults can't understand, but in another language, instead of teaching them basic fundamental core language that you would teach to a one or a two year old child learning to speak period we try to teach them you know conjugation and all the like really complex uh ways of speaking that even adults have a hard time learning
3: yeah and and it's really critical to get your kids in school in learning a foreign language as early as possible because they their their brains are like sponges, yep. and so as they're developing their their tongue formation for that English language, if they're simultaneously learning another language, their tongue naturally moves in that manner. And so, um, you know, age one is really the, the recommended, you know, time to start, get them in a school. Our son did preschool in, in Italian before he even started preschool in English. And the whole class from beginning to end was ran in that, in that foreign language. And then wow. all these additional things, watching television, cartoons in Italian, speaking Italian at home, reading children's literature. It all contributes to um, learning that additional language and, and being proficient in it when you get older.
1: And you know what's really interesting to me about what you just said? So many parents don't understand why we say TV is bad for children under two years old. Um, You know, it's not the ideal thing for them. And parents are like, I don't understand. They're learning while they're watching. Here's the thing. Children learn to speak by speaking. Mm -hmm. Simply watching a television is not helping them to learn to speak. It's not learning. You you can't learn how to trill your R's if you can't even learn how to maneuver your tongue, and you only learn how to maneuver your tongue to form words if you're speaking. So the things that you're doing, the apps that you've created, are actually encouraging parents and children to read together and speak together and communicate with each other while while they're learning these other languages, which is really valuable, too. I think that's stuff that
3: we forget. We just forget. And, you know, our apps do have the ability to play by themselves or allow the parent or the child to read it. Um, So, you know, if the parent doesn't know how to pronounce all of those foreign language words. So, for example, my husband speaks Italian fluently, but I don't. So it'd be a little bit more of a challenge for me to read the books in Italian to him than my husband. So in those cases, the narration is just marvelous. I love that. That's Mm -hmm. so fun.
1: So. Tell us about how your series helps with the whole summer slide phenomenon, which we experience. And for Parent Nation who doesn't know what summer slide is, it's basically that three-month period of time where your kids are no longer le- using their brain. And they forget a lot of what they've learned, which is why they spent the first two months back in school relearning what they left off with the previous year, correct? Correct. Correct.
3: Keeping a a strict, I hate to say this, reading regimen with them is is really a critical piece. And the more you read, um, you know, the better for the child. So having some additional tools to make this process easier is just great. For example, on an airplane where space is a commodity having a library of apps and that are educational in nature in which you could work with them. Um, what, what's kind of interesting or makes our apps a little bit more game or fun for the kids is we have a ton of educational opportunities or, and or fun um, sound uh, effects built into each of the apps. And there's also some animation and you can move things around. Um, it's, it's embedded with a lot of the sounds associated with that particular first. So the idea behind that is to kind of familiarize the child with what they can expect to hear during that experience. It allows them to gain confidence, um, familiarity. Uh, They could do it as many times as they need prior, Um, and and they're a little bit more prepared, obviously, as a result of that.
1: And, you know, that's really, really important because – uh, a lot of – well, you know, you know, when one in 48 kids are being diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder, we have to start paying attention to how these kids learn and how we can make their life experience and our own with them as pleasant as possible. And we were talking about uh, – in in the first segment, we were talking about taking kids to amusement parks and going on vacations with them and keeping them engaged – and teaching them how to remain calm and align and that sort of thing. Two things that you just mentioned are really important for these unique kiddos. The first thing is they need to be prepared for everything. You can't spring stuff on these kids and expect them to embrace it because they won't. They will repel it like you know opposites. So, yeah. And the other thing is this is something that you can take with you because it's a mobile app. So it's something that you can take with you and while you're waiting in that hour and a half long line for Space Mountain, you can give them this app and it's something the entire family can engage in and pay attention to on your phone, correct?
3: That is correct. Uh, Of course, the tablet a little bit of, of a larger screen allows more interactivity within each mm-hmm. of the apps. The the iPhone, a little small of the screen, although the story you could uh read and um the words are there and the pictures are there. It's just a little more difficult to interact with the screen due to that limited size. But uh yes, it's it's available on all kind of um tablets and, and smartphone devices. Mm.
1: That's awesome. You know what I I, I have another belief system that your know, parents are like oh my god I can't believe how these kids operate these iPhones and I can't do that kind of stuff that's because we have bigger thumbs
3: mm, yes. <laughs> they it's have these little tiny pointer a, a fingers foyerals, right? foyerals, um, <laughs> manipulate these phones they're just zipping through the screens and yeah. so I always um, have heard you know if you need someone to program your VCR this is a real outdated statement ask your kids <laughs> True, and the, and the same statement is true today with these electronic devices. It, it seems that the kids know how to use them even better than adults. So it's amazing to me to think what they will accomplish when they're older and what their children will, will be doing.
1: Yeah, it's it's really amazing growth. And I really think that we have to find ways, such as the what you've the series that you've created. We need to find ways to make this a more socially connected experience and a more educational experience because kids are going to grow up to be adults that this is all they know. Our grandchildren are only going to know technology. I mean, hopefully I'm trying to keep my kids involved in paperback books as much as possible because, you know, well, I'm an author, so it would be counterproductive for me to not do that. But besides that, Um, I I love that what you're doing. Parents are always asking, how can I keep my kid entertained on the airplane? How can I keep my kid entertained on the road trip? I love that this is something that is not going to just keep your kid entertained. It's something that the entire family can engage in and then expand upon that when you get to where you're going.
3: Right. You know, I, there's always going to be a place for hard copy books in this world. I hope, you know, they'll, they'll be, they're, they're a part of our history. I hope they'll be around forever. When I'm trying to call my, my um, son down at night and we, we read bedtime stories, we read the hard copy books. But there's a place and a time for everything. And instead of handing your child, you know, a game that, that really isn't necessarily um, furthering them in life, it's great to have these options, these more educational options available. We are going to be using um, smartphones and tablets. In fact, um, you know the the volume of those body shears is is growing immensely. Um, So we're we're headed in that direction, and and I know we're hungry for um, really good content to to allow these children um, some some better choices out there. I love that.
1: So okay, like in the last minute of this segment, can you believe how fast that went? No. Um, (laughs) Is this something that we could we could literally use this to teach? our child, another language?
3: Well, you know, it, 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 I have to say the story, although it's written for very young children, some of the words are a little bit, you know, more advanced. And so, you know, I know from my son's basic um, Italian classes, you know, they kind of start at ground zero. Mm-hmm. So they do need to have, you know, had you know some training some experience to kind of get them um up to par to be able to read the story so if you read the English story, you'll kind of get a gauge of of where those words are and and you know if you if you look at um like children's readers those are are really some basic words um sight words getting them to understand you know um words they they're gonna be seeing over and over and over again um the sure. books necessarily designed in, in that fashion, but um, designed to, to fill that gap between their, what they're learning, what they're hearing their parents speak at home, and this lack of, of multilingual children's literature that we have here in this country. I love that. Did, I'm so excited. I want people to go check it out.
1: It's called Luca Lashes, so check it out online, and yep. uh, when we come back from this next break, we're going to be talking with Ponchita Lilly, who is the owner of Ponce Cosmetics
0: when we come right back iTunes player. Uh, oh. F- it. Parrot Nation. Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break and then we'll be right back with more parenting with a twist. to Spark Your Soul Radio with Anne Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start. Tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world, from your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Anne Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature soul sense system and offers weekly wisdom for tuning in letting go unlocking and unblocking if you've been walking through life with excess baggage a heavy heart a feeling of disconnection from your inner life Consider Anne, your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values ready to spark your soul check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player got a question for ann want to be a guest on her show visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to ann every thursday at 6 p.m central standard time only here on the woohoo radio network You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? (laughs) It's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now... Back
1: to the show. Hey there, Parent Nation! Welcome back to the show. That was an awesome segment. Um, I, I just love talking to people who are embracing what's current and teaching our parents how to use that to the best of. Um, our children's advantages. So, I, you know, we have to get away from this fear of technology, Parent Nation. We really do. Start finding ways to make it productive instead of finding ways to fight it because you're going to lose the battle. That's that's all there is to it. So, I'm really excited about our next guest. Um, her name is Ponchita Lily, and she is the owner of Ponch Cosmetics. And she founded an organization called Faces of Beauty, and it's a nonprofit organization that helps victims of domestic violence and she lives in Texas where you know she founded that foundation but every year they host a faces of beauty extravaganza which is a fundraiser that helps provide things like cosmetics and skincare products to women who have been victims of domestic abuse and it helps them to prepare to go back to work and heal the scars both externally and internally that are caused by domestic violence. And she also does something really cool, which is provides scholarships to children who lost their parents due to domestic violence. So that's, to me, that's huge because domestic violence is really a, an awful thing, but so often we forget that there are children involved many times in these situations too. And <clears throat> when 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 a child loses a parent like that, there's there's so much more that we need to do for those kids than just say i'm sorry that that happened to you. so i'm really thrilled to have her as a guest to talk about some of the things that she's doing and uh uh Panchita are you there? i am. hey, Hi. you know i wanted to mention that because you know normally uh when i i just read your bio but um you have you yourself have two amazing daughters that are involved in this in this program, correct? Yes, absolutely. So I just, I, I wanted to make a shout out to them because that's, you know, it, it's awesome when you're doing something great as a parent, but when you can get your kids involved, that's, that's even, you know, that's even more awesome. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to shout out to your daughters and thank them for, for being part of what you're doing. So Th- tell us... You. Sure thing. So tell us about the foundation, the Faces of Beauty Extravaganza. Tell us more about this because I'm dying to know.
4: The Faces of Beauty Extravaganza was created to showcase women and men and to, to show and display not only can women and men interact socially and responsibly and um, we cannot – Beautiful people inside and out. We can also show and teach people how to date um, responsibly. We want people to understand um, that it's important that women and men should be able to date and interact without fear. And I was in a commu- I live in a community where we had several deaths related to domestic violence, and it became a a community issue where I live, where we needed to reach out to individuals and show them how important it is to date without fear.
1: You know, you bring up such a really valid and important point, Panchita, because I think that's something that we forget. We understand that domestic violence Particularly for women, I I understand that men experience domestic violence too, and I'm not trying to downplay that at all whatsoever. Absolutely. But the uptick in single mothers tells me that there is a really grave fear that goes along with, it's not just a matter of getting out of this abusive relationship, it's a matter of trusting a new one. And can you ever do that again?
4: Yes, absolutely. 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 And And with the the Faces of Beauty extravaganza, we've had individuals who have been on both sides, men and women. And we want to make sure that people are aware and understand that, one, some people have actually been um, victims, and some individuals have actually been in – we've had individuals who had situations that happened years ago, and they sought help, and they – were able to turn their lives around and become, you know, responsible individuals who dated at, mm. who were better individuals as a result of the the um the counseling that they received. So we've helped in those areas. One of our board members is actually a licensed licensed psychologist and she wow. offers advice and counseling to individuals as well.
1: So this is more than makeup, girl. This is, this is huge. This is like – this is real healing. This is internal healing and external beautification. And, yes. you know, here's the thing. I have to tell you. I, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this or not. But I've, I'm really starting to get ticked off about the level of marketing that's being done to shame women who choose to use makeup to make themselves feel more beautiful.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, how this started for me was um, because I do makeup for a living. I went to help a lady in a women's shelter who had a black eye swollen the size of a fish. And she still had to go to work, she still had to face her children, and she still had to face the public. And there's no amount of makeup that can cover those type of scars. She actually had to wait a few days before she could really be treated and the swelling to go down so that she could go to work. By the time that I was able to get to her, and that's the reason why um Punch Cosmetics donates the products and the skincare products to help women to heal their faces with skincare products that will heal and... um Secure Um, any type of blemishes that they might have on their faces and so forth. Those are the things that we're trying to do to try to help women so that they can face the world and not feel shame.
1: Exactly. And, you know, there are there is an entire demographic of people out there that would say she should own that and make the person who did that to her responsible for it instead of trying to cover it up and feel shame. And so here's the thing. I can do all of that stuff and still feel comfortable with the way I look. And absolutely. Exactly. Right. So I, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. So tell us a little bit more about the scholarship that you have, because here's another thing. Oftentimes we're, we're really focused on the women who experience the abuse. And that's so important because I got to tell you when, when you hear stories of domestic abuse, where, uh, where children are involved, we automatically assume that the children are being abused as well. And in my experience, I found that in many of those cases, the, we, the reason the mom is being so violently abused is because she's preventing her children. She's taking it for the team. Yes. yes right? But yes, the children, yes, yes. are they still experience lifelong internal scars from, A, being the cause of their parents' pain. Yes. And, B, having to witness that that's how someone could treat someone that they claim that they love. So that's creating belief systems in children that I think also has a lot to do with the single parenthood situation that we're seeing today.
4: Yes, and it's also unfortunate. Statistics show that men who are raised seeing their parents abuse their mothers are more likely to grow up and be their wives and girlfriends as well. That's a cycle that we need to be working to stop. As well, and with the scholarship program that we have, it started because a friend of mine lost her sister-in-law to domestic violence. She was killed, and she left two children behind. And they were then my friend was was then responsible for raising two additional children. We wanted to help in the community, bring the community together to offset that for her because she still has to educate these children with right. little or no help. So. I thought with the Faces of Beauty program, it should be an extension to children as well as to parents who are dealing with this. So, one thousand how... yes. percent. Because
1: these kids are, oh, so they had a loving family member who took them in and is raising them. And that is wonderful. It's amazing <clears throat> and it's yes. valuable. However, there are still medical bills in the Absolutely. way of therapy counseling, all kinds of other things that need to go into raising children that have witnessed this kind of stuff. And we Absolutely. don't think of that enough. You know, we think you have a, a a good family and a warm bed to sleep in and someone who loves and cares for you. That should be enough. But it's not. It's, it's not expensive. Enough. And it it's, is. Yeah.
4: It so, is. And so we need to recognize how common domestic violence is. One in four women will be affected by domestic violence. violence excuse me. Those numbers are startling. It should be enough to make us raise an eye, eyebrow to see if we line up five or six women, one in four of those women is going to be abused. It happens. That's how frequent it happens. And we need to recognize that. And we need to stop being the type of wallflowers that, that just just sit back. And we don't say anything when we know that our friends, our sisters, our, our relatives are being abused, our daughters, and we aren't saying anything to anyone. We have to stand up and we have to stand together as a community.
1: I agree with you. Oh, my gosh. One in four?
4: One in four. Now, one does four. that
1: – is that only it... – i'm I'm not going to use that word again because that was a ridiculous word to use in that statement. Is that accounting for just physical violence, or does that account for um, verbal abuse and emotional abuse and those kind of things as
4: well? That accounts for physical violence, Yes.
1: So with that in mind, seriously, one in four are experiencing physical abuse. Yes. They're, being, they're being beaten, they're being smacked around, they're being yes. pushed around physically. Yes, yes, yes. So when we know that statistic, it's unfathomable to me how many women are experiencing verbal abuse and emotional abuse and psychological abuse in addition to that.
4: Yes, yes.
1: And Absolutely. I have to say that, you know, when you're a woman experiencing psychological abuse or verbal abuse... You need, you need services like what you're providing also. Yes. It's not covering up black eyes. It's accentuating what's beautiful and likable and lovable about you. Yes.
4: Yeah.
1: Because w- those women don't feel that, you That's know? Right. They try to go out and they're told, "Don't wear makeup. Who are you getting dressed up for?" You know That's right. Imagine if someone spoke to you in that way and then they told you that they loved you. So right. what you're providing is a service not only for women who are physically abused and need to cover up physical scars and, and physical abrasions and bruises. You're helping to, for women to feel beautiful when they're being told that they're not or when they feel like they're less than. Or, Absolutely. You know. Now, do you provide services to help women get out of these situations as well?
4: Actually, we provide resources and referrals because we're not an actual facility that can house individuals. But since we've had um, our extravaganza, we often get individuals that contact us and say, hey, we need someone who needs shelter. And what we do is refer them to local shelters so that they can get the help and support that they need. In, In each community, there should be a women's shelter or housing for individuals who are experiencing domestic abuse. And of course, we're not trying to overlap, anything that they're doing or undermine in any way, we are trying to do something totally um, different by providing assistance and services to those facilities. That's what we do.
1: Now, is that only in where you are in Longview, Texas, or is that nationwide?
4: It's nationwide nationwide. The foundation, our foundation is actually growing. We are providing services in Longview, Dallas, and Houston because we have board members in each area. We're trying to expand to Austin and we are looking to expand long-term. Our goal is to expand nationally.
1: That's pretty cool. You know, what I love about what you're doing is you're, you're a resource and um, you're that's, that's really awesome because it's not just a facility because I can tell you where I am. The facilities are full. Mm. If you, it, domestic abuse is so prevalent in our area that if you go to the places that I know of, you're not going to mm-hmm. get in. They're full. So yeah. that, um, it's really important that women have a place to go that's not just a physical bed but a service to call to say, where can I go for help? So if some of right, so that's pretty awesome. You know what I would love to see you do? Yes. I would love to see you set something up that are workshops that are going on regularly because I think if a woman can say i'm going to I'm going to this workshop to learn how to you know put on makeup or I'm going to a workshop it, it, like a home party plan kind of idea, yes, it's going to allow more of these women to get out of the home. It's going to allow them an excuse to get out of the home and go to a place where they are supported and upheld and appreciated and educated on the options and the services that are available to them. So, you know, as far as the 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 organization and what you're doing and the extravaganza, the faces of beauty extravaganza. I recommend that everybody take an opportunity and look it up. It's really important. Um the facesofbeauty.org is where you would go or ponchcosmetics.com, either one of those. Punchetta, thank you so much for bringing this information to us, educating parent nation and these women on the fact that we're here to support you and we want what's best for you and you deserve what's best for you. So thank, thank you so you. much. And um, when you. we come back, well, I, we're done. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, everybody. Have
4: a playful week. Thank you.
1: Seriously, Parent Nation, not every decision in parenting has to contain a hidden message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little
0: barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent
1: Nation,
2: why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling it the